Hi, and welcome to If the Couch Could Speak. I am your host, Jessica Medina, licensed marriage and family therapist. If you are new here, or you this is the first time you are listening or watching, what is If the Couch Could Speak? It's a podcast. We cuss here. We shoot the shit. Where therapists come together and we talk all things mental health, life, fuckery, and all the in-between. This is completely unscripted unedited what you see is us completely raw just as y'all show up to sessions so before we get into our topic du jour which is shitty supervision <laughs> let's talk about the ethical side of that or the not so ethical in this case absolutely hey guys this is your girl carissa i'm here to give you the spider pages for today's podcast if you're new here you don't know what that is basically we as therapists are um, monitored by what's called the board of behavioral sciences which is what their the entity is called in california but in other states it might have a different name but basically they are the board that monitors our legal Okay, guys, we're talking about the spider pages for today. Uh, if you're new here, you don't know what spider pages is. Basically, we are monitored by the Board of Behavioral Sciences here in the state of California, where we have legal and ethical obligations as we work with clients. Um, this is not for us to bash anybody. This is for us to have a learning opportunity. So all of the information that we'll be talking about is what happens when people fuck up, right? So that means that they could get their license suspended or even revoked. So we're just going to use this as a learning opportunity. These are red flags for you out there hearing this for the first time, what this looks like uh, so that you know to run the other way. And also red mm -hmm. flags for you if you're a therapist just like one of us of mm -hmm. what to not do, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. So this one was actually, this is a newer one. So I was really excited to talk about this because this is there's there's a lot here and I feel like it was important for us to discuss it especially because um this person was licensed. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I heard of I just I'm sorry. It's just it's just with the person's license that I have like question marks because then I'm just like you spent all this money. You spent all this time to get these three thousand hours to be to get to pass the test, the two tests, and you just you just throw it away. You just fuck it, fuck it. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe more, right? they thought they wouldn't get caught now that they're not required to have supervision and things like that. Maybe you know that's what, what I'm saying. It is. Like I, I don't I don't know. I Maybe checking. You know what I'm saying? But basically, this is a whirlwind of the story. But ultimately, where we're getting from is maybe this person was, uh, let's see, should we call it skittish, I guess? Okay. Skittish? They a little bit skittish, you know? Um, what I will say is that for those of you who, are, who out there who are associates, it's okay to get more than one type of setting for your experience. Um one thing that I've noticed is that there is a space of people who've been through the county or been through DMH contractor sites versus people who have never been there, right? In the sense of there's a conversation when it comes to making mandated reporting. Mm -hmm. So what is mandated reporting? Mandated reporting is that in the state that you're in, if you're working as uh, a provider, you are mandated to make a report of any type of child 
um, neglect or abuse, um, any elderly neglect or abuse or dependent neglect or abuse, right? And so we could get in trouble if we don't make those reports. So that's basically what this skittish person did. They did not make said report. And it's really sad. It's really upsetting because there are consequences to our actions. Um, it's one thing to be like, yeah, I don't want to fill out this SCAR report form. It's too much. I don't want to talk to DCFS. I don't want to do the call, blah, blah, blah. It's which another thing. Which we all thing, hate, by the which way. Which we all hate. <laughs> we all I don't hate. know any that like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, like, to be fair, we all hate it. We all don't like to do it. But also understanding this is a person's life mm. that you are like, oh, I don't want to do the paperwork for. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, so come on, skittish. <laughs> and it must have been, I mean, we'll probably get into it, but it must have been pretty clear cut. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, for sure. All for right. Well, sure. tell us what happened. Yeah. Basically, so we can <laughs> basically um, the person, this, you know, this skittish, skittish Kimberly Sarah. or whatever, skittish Sarah, mm -hmm. um, she failed to comply with the child abuse reporting requirements after she became aware of allegations of sexual and physical abuse of her client in 2013 um, and another client in 2015. These are minors, right? Her clients are minors. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, this is really sad, guys. Like, I need a moment. <laughs> it was just, uh, it's okay. We're all therapists. We're, we're all therapists. <laughs> so they, yeah. I'm sorry. It. I'm just really upset because there's like notes. Like she has fucking notes where she says, like, "I have visible injuries to his body." Wow. And she observed the client limping and with a black eye. Holy shit. That's not just a little, I can brush it off and pretend like it didn't happen. And she documented it. Wow. She documented it. This makes me mad because I've had cases where I've had CPS fight me and they're like, I don't see anything. I'm like, it's right. Kid has a black eye. Yeah. Like... Mm. I'm just, I'm really upset was because um you know the child the child was no longer brought to therapy and um subsequently was beaten by his mother and her boyfriend and died two days later oh no is this wow. the one case that was all up on the news i'm not sure but it's it's definitely in spider pages now uh, i know here in california i, I want to say it was california yes it was that a kid they in this case they did report it a non-spider page one but it wasn't like fully investigated or taken seriously the ball was dropped it was a teacher that reported it yeah yeah and that's why i'm so upset because you didn't learn your fucking lesson that was the first one right so there's two clients client a that's what happened with client a client, client a, b wow um client b displays sexually inappropriate behavior towards his six-month-old baby sister um, and then they disclosed that their step grandfather, step grandfather has sexually abused them. Um, the mother of the client said that she had, uh, had, there was an investigation with local authorities and DCFS and that 
um, the inappropriate behavior had ended. The family was no longer in contact with the perpetrator. Um, but there is no notes um, showing that the um, skittish Sarah had made the the mandated report. So that's a really um, interesting mm -hmm. thing that I think is important to talk about because I learned this while I was at, when I did my practicum at the county. We are supposed to make mandated reports even if it's historical right. and um and in the sense it's like it's not like you're making the report again it's that you're confirming that this was in fact reported before so when you do the call like you can have a consultation with the with dcfs or the number that you call at your local wherever you are located i'm just speaking from los angeles county in california but you can call there's an option to consult and you say like hey i'm seeing this client they indicated this and they said that it was already reported and they they can pull it up easily and be like yeah we see this on file this was reported blah, it blah, works blah. similarly here though i don't know if they get back to you right that moment and tell you but, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty mm -hmm. quick down here in Orange County. I mean, unfortunately, I held the record at my agency for the most reports. There was a point where I was on campus two days a week and I was making reports every single day. Oh, my goodness. For like four or five months in a row. Wow. And sometimes for the same kid, sometimes for other kids. But a lot of the times I would get a case and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, last year. I told my therapist, blah, 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 and CPS got involved. I would still have to call and consult. Thankfully, most often the families had that paperwork and were ready to be like, yeah, this is what we worked on. Like, this is what's going on. But I've had to make many calls and I've had parents pull kids out of therapy mm -hmm. and they found I was the one to call. Mm -hmm. I've also seen, speaking of teachers, you know, in that case of the kiddo who died, I've had teachers who straight up waited for me to return back on campus. Like I was on campus Thursdays and Tuesdays. So it would happen on So like, that you Thursday. could make the report instead yeah. of them? Exactly. And they're mandated reporters too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. They are. They are. And I've had this happen several times where it was reported to me, like the kiddo who had the black eye, his sisters were beating the ever living shit out of him. And mom was aware of it, pretty much did nothing. And when I saw it, the kid had a visible black eye. And this was several days later. Wow. Like this mm. is when I came back on campus on like a Tuesday. And the teacher saw it on a Thursday after I had already left or mm. on like the next day, like Friday. But either way, they waited a long time. And then at that point, CPS was like, no, I don't see anything. I don't see anything at all. And I'm like, if it was fucking reported, when we it. <laughs> now that's totally different from say right. all four of us were working together at the same school. All four of us saw the same abuse. In that case, only one of us would have to report. Right. But say it's like a school, a teacher, or a past therapist, we still have to report. We have a job to do because we are dealing with populations who often are at the hands of violence and at the hands of abuse. A lot of us work with kids. A lot of us work with very, you know, the elderly populations too, populations that say are I'm often mean. abused. We have a job to do at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Paperwork fucking sucks. But if we don't do our fucking job, people die. Right. I'll be honest. I've never actually had to file a report by myself, but it's mostly because I work primarily with adults. I don't work with the vulnerable populations. I only did a vulnerable, very like, that's tiny. That's what I was looking for. There you go. Vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I, only, I only work for a tiny period of time, 
with um, kids. I tried it for like four or five months and I was like, not for me. Thanks. Um, yeah. But even then I have worked with adults who have been like me and my partner got into a big fight and I got physical and I'm like, were your kids there? Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you it make still happen. Yeah. yeah. I've been lucky yeah. in that I haven't had yeah. to make a report. And I'll be honest, it gives me anxiety thinking about it, but it's like, I also have plenty of coping skills for that. Like, I know I know how to do it. I know it'll be fine. Yeah. But like the idea is that I have a action, actually haven't had to physically make that call yet. Yeah. So <laughs> I've, I've had some system too. I've also had to make the reports in, um, before. Um, it's not a fun experience. It, even when like it ends up being nothing, like that's that's how you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, we're not out here trying to break up, you know, families. Um, there's we're trying to make sure people are safe. Um, and that's the thing I try to let people know: DCF's not there to pull your kids away from you every single time. Right. Like they yeah. really don't want to. They don't even want to fucking put them anyway. They'd rather leave them with you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but also they like set up I a wanted safety to plan uh, so that can happen. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. And I wanted to mention this because you said that you work with adults and I I mainly work with adults too. Um, there is the space for dependent adults, yeah. right? So we can make mandated reports for, mandated reports for dependent adults. And I'm I know not sure if we have the same classification in Florida. I'd have to look. Okay. So in California, we do have to make reports for dependent adults and dependent adults would be like somebody that's uh, the best, the best description that I remember is from like somebody that's, on, you know, it, if they're on social security, they're a dependent adult. Right. I think we would consider like, we have a definition of vulnerable adults that includes certain criteria. Mm -hmm. I don't think they call it dependent. I think that's what's throwing me off. Yeah, it would be conservator sure conservatorship or anyone who requires a caregiver. Yeah, mm -hmm. or that's pretty much how sixty-five and older, or someone who has a conservator. Yeah, you know that's what it, like yeah we think of it like um the way I describe it to my students when when I'm teaching them about like what we call Baker Act you guys call it um just like involuntary admissions mm -hmm. right is like if you don't you don't have the rights to kind of make decisions for yourself so right. it's kind of like you're a minor. Right? Yeah. Because you're under a conservatorship or because you're Baker acted or because whatever, you signed over those rights in some other way. Oh, you're talking about 5150. I was trying to get Yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. 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 So, Same thing. Uh, Baker act here. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's so interesting to know that there's different terminology, yeah. which is super mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But, but to get back to client. Yes. Um, mm. Basically, there was notes about the the client B where they the skittish Sarah observed regressive behavior where the kids started doing things that are not in line with their age, mm -hmm. started whining, pounding, crying, and defiance, doing temper tantrums, um, and skittish Sarah was writing this. Um, she there's no documentation that she assessed the client directly regarding his well being. Um, only that she did assess based on mom's statements. Um, and then she has a lot of documentation of her from her interaction with mom. Uh, final session was in 2016 with this client. There was no documentation that the client filed a mandated re uh, child report abuse. Two years later, this client died. His mother and her boyfriend were charged with his murder. So I don't know what the fuck is going on with moms and boyfriends killing kids. Um, but 
I also don't know what's, what the fuck is going on with this licensed provider that didn't make a mandated report two fucking times. Right. And you have two fucking dead kids. Wow. And I'm sorry, that made me really upset. Yeah. Like, I, I know, like, I'm, I'm really intense. I'm really, like, passionate and shit. But, like, that made me really upset. Like, I was really upset and devastated to read. Like, it's one thing for one person to do this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for multiple people. But for one person to consistently make the same stupid mistake. No, you you shouldn't be working with anybody. What ended up happening? Why did it take, why oh, did it take two deaths on this person before the board got involved? You know what? I don't think that they, I think they probably did like an investigation afterwards because mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at this. So they said that, yeah, their license a, was revoked. Their right. license was like a wrongful death, like lawsuit or something against the therapist. And that's how wow. it was discovered that they had more than one yeah. of these. That's mm-hmm. insane. It's insane. Wow. Yeah, their license was revoked, and I'm I'm just they like should I don't. Be. I agree with that. Hundred percent. So. You know what? Yeah. It, it's just it, it just pains me because I I just like I don't I don't understand like it's we can consult we can get help we can like if you don't want to do the report you can consult with other licensed professionals in your field like hey this is my first report I don't know what to do can you help me walk through it yeah I got five right? minutes sure. I'll, I'll sit with you. This is how it goes. This is what you need to do. Right? right. Just because you're totally, licensed doesn't mean you don't consult. I can totally imagine. isn't that long. It's waiting to get to pick up the phone. phone. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then you just, they ask you what happened. You tell them what happened. And then you write down what you said happened. And then it's done. Yeah. Right. Honestly, the easiest thing. It's really thing, not Easiest thing is when you consult with your supervisors or say you're licensed and you don't consult with the supervisor, like in my case, actually, I haven't had to do a CPS. We consult with each other though. I mean, think about that. No, we do. We consult all the time with each other on a regular basis. And I love our discord for the panel Mm -hmm. for that. Sorry, y'all can't be part of that majesticness. (laughs) But, you know, even licensed, we consult. But what I loved doing, and I've, I've had supervisors literally sit in with when I made the call I was shaking as an associate terrified and they walked me through the entire thing saying hey I'm with my associate I'm like hey my supervisor's here and it was it was so so terrifying even as a trainee I had to make a lot of CPS I did I did assist with one report Ah. when my very first like it was like my second week on my practicum, so like second week doing any client yep. shit at all in an inpatient, you know, Baker acting receiving place. And I didn't have to make it because I was like brand fucking new, but I had to like be there and I had to do the, I had to type it up, whatever she yep. told the lady. So I was a part of one report. Ha. So there, I have one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mine within, yeah, I want to say within two weeks of starting. Like, yeah, right away. Right out the bat. Suicidal kid. My first yeah. session, I was like, oh, great. I have to do an assessment my first session. I've never seen a kid in my life. Fun. Also, didn't have any child interventions class. But what helped me Ooh. was getting that all written out on the form and then reading it from that as I made the call. And then just submitting mm-hmm. it online. It's so fucking easy. I, I feel like a lot of these people who are unethical, to be honest, not that I'm judging, but low-key judging, are fucking lazy. <laughs> they get lazy. Yeah. They get comfortable. And they mm-hmm. forget that. 
It's that discomfort too. A lot of people are just unwilling to face that. Like you were talking about, that was your first suicidal client. My very first place was at a place where everybody who's suicidal ends up. If you get Baker Act or 5150, you go to the in, inpatient. That's where I started. First practicum, they already tried to kill themselves. I'm like, oh, well, here we are. <laughs> I've, yeah, they've already done the scary thing. Like for me, I'm so grateful that I had that experience because then I didn't have to have that awkward, oh my God, they might die. Like they mm. already tried. <laughs> they already tried or they're like about to try like I don't have to worry about that and it really really helps like I'm actually not afraid to bake rack any of my clients I just luckily haven't had to yet in private practice at least so I think it's also important to remember I think this is really important that I've that I've heard a lot from supervisors hopefully it's just a great transition which is like we're yeah. not we're not investigators we're not the the you know the police we're we're not mm -hmm. the person that's supposed to we get as much information as we can at the time whatever we have is what we have we send it and they do an investigation we're not the ones that do right. the investigation yeah, yeah. fact finders no. you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so like you know basic like when i say basic like really like do you know this person? Do you know their address? Are you in contact with this person currently? What was reported to you? What was reported to you? Right. right. Basic, basic. And I'm not like. you don't even have that stuff. No. Right. I've you had tell them what you have. Like, I have no idea who the perpetrator was, but this right. was reported to me and client will not tell me the info. And a lot of times they'll be like, call back when you have info, but you still want to cover your ass. Do you still want to call? And then fucking document it. Even if you document call, that document you talked and, and that they told you they'd call back. Exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See why? Mm -hmm. Like I put specific names of who I spoke with, their title, mm -hmm. like Eric. Mm -hmm. Oh, girl, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but also, could. it's like you know, I you know, hopefully this person wasn't licensed long enough to to give supervision because God knows how many of their associates were also not making said calls. Hmm. And that's, You're not that's crazy, scary. crazy. I mean, on the flip side of that, because the topic is shitty supervision, I've had supervisors who were not available. And I worked as part of an agency. Now, this podcast is not to specifically call out any agency in particular, any county contract, any schools, any supervisors in particular. If you happen to recognize yourself based on what we are talking about, that is sheer coincidence. Thank you for listening to our podcast <laughs> after the fact. Hopefully you'll learn something. You know, just coincidence, just saying. But oh, I've had supervisors where I was freaking the fuck out. I happened to have late sessions. I ran an anxiety group super late in the evening where I was closing up shop with another licensed therapist. And we've had reports really, really late because of something that was brought up in group. I have pulled people to the side and been like, hey, I think you should do some individuals because there's some, some things that are coming up that I'm, I'm worried about you. And I had to do a suicide assessment. But yeah. when I called my supervisors who are supposed to be on call, as long as you know the agency is open, clients are being seen, you have to be fucking available. They did not answer the fucking phone. And I was freaking out, not knowing what to do. And, you know, yeah, this could be applied to a lot of supervisors. You probably know who you are. But if you think it's about you, it probably is. <laughs> but before I go into my rant of shitty ass supervisors, 
And I've seen posts about what makes a shitty supervisor, and I'd love to share that in here, too. I'd love to hear from you guys, like, your top shitty supervisors. Or if you haven't had a shitty supervisor, maybe you've heard of a colleague who... And I want to hear legit experiences, not just like, oh, yeah, this would suck. Like, I want to hear from y'all, because I know how much it sucks as an associate, as a licensed individual. I didn't have a shitty supervisor. <laughs> Must be nice, bitch. Must be nice. I mean, I had a less than stellar supervisor, like site supervisor when I was a student. Like she and, and what made her shitty was more like just kind of not knowing what she was supposed to be doing. She was a very nice person. She was a very nice therapist. She was a very terrible business, like leader, manager. She's not good at that. And so like, she sort of would want to bend the rules like she's like you know you can call me i'll be right down the street i'm like i'm not supposed to be doing anything in this building if you're not here mm. and she'd leave and so i wouldn't schedule people during that time and i just twiddle my thumbs and you know she'd be all confused why i didn't do that so but that was it so then when i became a registered um intern you know before licensure but after graduation i listened to everybody else's horror stories and I specifically went out and I interviewed and like several different qualified supervisors and then picked somebody that I wouldn't work with. And I did my hour somewhere else with a licensed person on site and had my supervision completely mm -hmm. separate. I paid her for her services right. and we selected each other. And it's an amazing relationship. And I still do monthly consultation with her, even though I'm not required. Like it we is, consult with each other now. It is a different dynamic when you find each other. That's what happened yeah. to me after leaving a really fucking toxic private practice where mm -hmm. my supervisor taught me or not taught me, did not teach me but thought of supervision as passive income mm -hmm. not, and we'll get into that but thought of it as passive income was just straight up on lavish vacations and shit all the fucking time and it's like do your fucking job mm -mm. do your job how about a supervisor who leaves for two months <laughs> because she's getting married and is on her honeymoon and is literally gone two months oh my goodness and you just opened and hired everyone and started a new opened a new office the month before and you know you got people you like can't practice on their own we're all Ridiculous. associates mm. i had to 5150 someone actually while she was gone <laughs> i remember that i remember mm -hmm. that oh it was awful it was I awful i was so down for you to put me in your notes of like consulted <laughs> with licensed therapists like yeah i, I have a question yeah for california law because it's different than florida law because we've discussed this privately but I, I can't remember the answer do you guys have to have a supervisor somebody the person that's like in charge of your hours not like your boss but like a supervisor at the place that you work as well as you can have one separately or can it only be separately and then you work for somebody else? Like, what are the rules there? Because I do not have to work with my qualified supervisor at all. The only requirement is that I have a licensed person on site until I'm licensed myself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like the person that's supervising my clinical hours though is a separate entity entirely. I can work for them, but I don't have to. What is y'all's rules? You have it's to work chaos. for your supervisor? So, <laughs> Look at her. Oh, yeah, fire. Like a super dual that seems really fucked up and unethical to me. Okay. So the only reason I actually know a little bit about this is because it affected me at some point. 
It just and seems I, I can tell you something too. So go ahead. <laughs> so, so, so in a for-profit entity, right? So a non. So this is not a non-exempt. Non-exempt is like you know a school, a government, you know a non-profit. And a for-profit entity, like, like a, a private practice, private practice, and uh, like some sort of agency that's for-profit, so, yeah, so yeah. like you know whatever, right? You have to have supervision with the person that also works for that that same agency. Okay, so you, you do can have to. if mm-hmm. you wanted to of your own volition pay for supervision for somebody else. But that would be extra. You right. You would have to have supervision from someone at that same place that works for that same place in a okay. for-profit entity. And the reason why I know that is because there's a whole situation <laughs> with video supervision waiver for for-profit that's still going on right now. Yep. And um, I had to leave one of my jobs because... Um, they did not have somebody in my immediate area that I could have seen. Um, mm, so okay. I would have had to have like drive to know Northern California and I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, well, that, I, I was like, can I get somebody else? And so I tried to look for somebody else and I found someone and they were like, you can't see me if you work for for-profit. Like you can see me, but you still have to have somebody who works yourself. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and they were the one that, what? yeah, so they were the yeah. one that encouraged me to call like the camp lawyers and consult gotcha. that information. And that's why I know that the part about the for-profit. One. Interesting. So hold up. When my supervisor left for two months and had someone else fill in that wasn't part of that practice, that does not count. Well, private practice is your... difference, right? Because she had to have coverage. Okay. Right. So you you can have coverage of someone like if you leave, even if we leave from our jobs, mm-hmm. we can have coverage of someone. OK, like this is the person that you call should you need services while I'm on my two week vacation. It's like you contract with them. They work for you for a hot minute kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of within that would work in terms of supervision. Yeah. So in the new um, I'm, I'm not sure about the old one. But if the new improved supervisor um, form that that was that was sent, the supervisor responsibility agreement that was given this the start of this year, that was revamped the start of this year, um, it does have in in place the laws and regulations that say like, hey, like you're the supervisor, but you also need to provide your associates with who they can contact and who will be their supervisor as backup should you be unable to, um, you know, reach out. You can't contact them. Uh, they can't yeah, contact you, or you stuff. have right, or you're out of work. Like that's the person that they talk to, right? So and, and Sam, we kind of talked about this and watched you the the information online mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. when you're going through that whole situation. Um, and I shared with her basically the one that I got from my mm-hmm. supervisor. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, I'm your supervisor. This is the person who is your secondary supervisor in the case that I'm on vacation mm-hmm. or like you can't reach me. Okay. Like this to talk to That's type of situation be. but there's a lot of agencies <laughs> right right right. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff where people ain't doing that shit right no yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've it's been nuts. waiting to get and my hours it seems, nuts. it seems nuts and to me that if you're in a 
for-profit private practice, so you work for me and I'm your supervisor, like that's such a dual relationship that seems so like Mine? unethical. Yeah. I can't, oh I can't wrap my head yeah. around why they would make that. I did have, I did have one situation, which I feel like doesn't count because there, there's a lot of really, really horrible, like the horror stories oh, when it comes to supervisors that. okay um but the only situation that i had was i had like this one person for like a hot minute i think she was on supervisor for like maybe two weeks mm-hmm. um and like this the whole video supervision thing was kind of working and we aren't in the same um track so i'm pursuing uh marriage and family therapy and she was a licensed uh clinical social worker um so because of that like it should work the same but you also should be aware like both of you guys need to be aware of like what's needed um for your own specific um tracks as an Mm -hmm. associate right so i needed her to sign off on my hours i had just started this job so i actually didn't I, i think like i had like maybe one client um and so when the whole video supervision waiver wasn't extended she kind of was just like, yeah, I don't want nothing to do with this. You need to find somebody else. And then I was like, okay, that's not uh, that's fine. And I did. But also she like ghosted me. Like she never signed for my like one or two hours that I had the, the two weeks I was with her, hmm. um, which is fucked up. And actually what I found out is that legally she, I could enforce that she does because she agreed to work with that? me. Well, because they signed the responsibility statement. You can come right. after them. They, they signed a legally binding contract mm-hmm. that they would be responsible. Wait, mm-hmm. is she, did she sign that, though, in the beginning? She had to become a supervisor, right? She did, but because the, the, the uh, company was online, everything was emailed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it. She she had all the forms, and like I never got a, a, a copy of the, the, um, the hours. She gave me a lot of other shit, which was great. Like she gave me intervention, interventions, and resources. Like <laughs> she sent me all that shit. That was that was immediate. <laughs> right. I guess so the reason I'm asking, it, like, I would put that letter of like, "Hey, this bitch didn't sign off on my shit. I still want to claim these hours." It's also, like, and then I also think about like, dude, it was like two hours. Like, okay, yeah. I've had four <laughs> supervisors. Four. Four supervisors not sign my hours. What? If they sign the supervisor agreement, then you can, yeah. Girl, I will help you when you go to the board for that because I've had that happen where Mm -hmm. yeah, I I was at an agency with such fucking high turnout that supervisors were being fired for speaking up, which also is a common thing with agencies. That's what happened to me at one of my first agencies. I had a supervisor. stories are nuts. And again, if this is any correlation, it's just coincidence. But if you think it's about you. Oh, my gosh. Shoe fits. Well, congrats, fucking Cinderella. It probably (laughs) You know. But you can tell I'm salty about this. Uh, Y'all wonder why I drink. I drink and I know things. See, like, it was stories like what you're sharing that I remember when I interviewed my supervisor, I was like, will you be offended if I want you to sign off on my hours like every week or however off whenever I ask? And she was like, no, that's fine. And I'm like, cool. And so every so many meetings, we would fill out the form as though I was applying for license. I had it all and she would sign it because I was not about to get my ass in a situation like y'all oh, are describing. Same, same. I have one oh, oh, yeah. supervisor oh, yeah. who was like, yes. Like she wanted a synopsis at the start of every group supervision she's the one who taught me my super 
like specific way of taking notes, which is mm -hmm. measurable and subjective while still being objective, objective enough yeah. for insurance. But I had one supervisor who fucking was gone because of maternity right at the start of COVID mm. came back and I found out she was shit talking me in all of these supervisor meetings and I would find out from other supervisors. And then I had one supervisor who I went to and I confided in about the supervisor. I was like, look, I'm confiding in you because I don't know how to handle it. Like, do I bring it up to HR? Do I bring it up to the CEO? Like, what do I do? Because she is actively taking her resentment out on me because I got hired while she was away on maternity leave. And I was kicking so much ass but once she came back, I started getting in trouble for fucking everything. I got in trouble for making use of the open door policy. But when I would ask questions, I would get, oh, you're anxious energy, bitch. I'm fucking autistic. Okay. I can't read signs and social cues, but okay. And then when I wasn't asking questions because I was afraid of getting in trouble, right. I got in trouble for not asking questions. Mm. But that other supervisor I went to about this other person, if I say who it is, it's very clear who I'm talking about, but they were in a pretty high admin role. They consulted and the supervisor went and told everything to that supervisor. And shortly after I was let go because of all of that. So it's, it's agencies that are very fucking quick to label you. This agency was notorious for how they saw clients with BPD. Like they would mm -hmm. shit talk clients hardcore. Well, I mean, that yeah, we answers have... the oh, question. Ahead. I was gonna say I thought supervision is supposed to be confidential, kind of like the way we treat therapy. Like if your supervision yeah. meeting is supposed to be, it is. like I paid her, like though I would pay a therapist. She's not my therapist. She's my supervisor. So we're doing consultation. But like that right. should be treated the same way. So like I'm her client. She should be thinking of me the same way she thinks of exactly. her other clients. Well, that so, says how she's about... thinking about her clients. Well, if they're going to talk about their clients like that, then clearly they're going to talk about their supervisees like that. Horrible. So that totally answered that question for me. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was, it was horrible. And then on the flip side, so you have supervisors who are micromanaging every fucking thing that I was doing that to this day I'm licensed. I'm my own boss. I still get triggered by the sound of music. <laughs> Like, I'm not joking. I get legit triggered. Like, I, my eyes tear up a little bit. You need EMDR on that. <laughs> I honestly am thinking right? EMDR on myself for that. Uh, <laughs> we're teaching one of y'all how to do it and have you do it on me. I know um, how to do it now. Yes, please. I got okay. trained. Uh, That's we'll, right. We'll do EMDR on yeah. each other. There you go. Um, right? But, Carissa, yes. go do your job. I got to go do my job, ladies, but this was fun. I'm going to listen to the rest because I can't wait to hear everybody else's oh, horror stories. Love y'all. <laughs> but love you guys. Love you. Guys. you. Bye. See you. <laughs> but yeah, I had, oh I had a supervisor on the on the flip side. This is, I have two more, I promise, and that, that I'm done. But I had one who was fucking horrible, and it was at the agency where the one supervisor was taking all these lavish vacations, and we're like, hey, um, we would like a higher percentage. A lot of us are really close to being licensed. A lot of us are specializing in things. We're not just doing run-of-the-mill therapy. Like, mm -hmm. we have people specializing in somatic therapy, yoga therapy, video game therapy, all this cool shit. Can we get a raise? And she's like, mm, no. And we're like, okay, well, can we at least know where our percentage is going to? 
you know, because this whole practice is about teaching us how to run our practice. That's something that we would like to right. know. Right. No. Meanwhile, the other supervisor just wouldn't show up for supervision. And if she did, she was cussing at her kids the entire time. Like straight up out in supervision. Like, I saw a nipple one time. And, mm. yeah, it was so unprofessional. Not even funny. But the last one, and I'll, I'll stop with that. I had an IOP supervisor tell me that wearing shirts like this, right, my, my kitty wife, is inflicting bias on my client. Cool bias. How? <laughs> kind of bias. I mean, bitch, that's the point. Like, do you not see my brand? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was told, like, I, I was unprofessional with my hair color. Oh, so. same. I'm rocking the color. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel you on that. Or same place that... Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't have those yet, not visible ones. Um, this is the same place that used to pay 15 an hour oh, and say that was all they could afford Ugh. while going on cruises four or five times a year. You're like, 15 an hour? They're like, oh, yeah, that's the going rate. I'm like, mm. I mean, it's shitty around here. Don't get me wrong. It's Florida. We get paid like garbage. However, it ain't that bad. Goodbye. <laughs> as soon as I uh, got my registered license, I was out of there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. So I think part, you know, we're all talking about this. One of the things is like, what do you do when you have a shitty supervisor? That's kind of one of the things I really want to be like, talk about is like, I don't think, I think Christy, you're the exception of having yeah. not had bad supervision. But I think that, you, you know, if you, if you think about being an associate and not making that much money, not everyone can you know, maybe be able to afford going out and paying for supervision. I was under right. for two years. Yeah. So I worked two jobs to do that. One <laughs> of the things that I discovered as I I'm actually going through like um a legal I'm, I'm a legal thing with my past supervisor one of my past supervisors. Um if you work you in California they're really strict about the being a W two employee. So mm -hmm. anything that profits the for-profit business, they should be providing or paying for. So Absolutely. I have been finding out that a lot of people who are associates are not getting paid for supervision. You are supposed to be getting paid for supervision because you are working for this company. Um, I have spoken to camp. I've spoken to multiple lawyers about this um, in terms of getting legal consultation they're like we can't tell someone what to do in terms of you know make uh paying you we can't make force them to pay you but if you ever were to go and pursue you know um anything like legal sue them or write them up to like the legal what is it the board or whatever um basically like you would win because anything that you're doing is supposed to be covered. And so I was working for a job that not only was not being paid for supervision, I spoke to multiple camp lawyers. I was told that they spoke to the same camp lawyers and they were misguiding me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this is someone who teaches law and ethics as a professor. So they should know, or they're just fucking with me. Um, and wasn't paying for meetings she, they were saying we're paying for the trainings we're paying someone else for the training so we don't have to train you even though it's a mandatory training 
Um, Anything a company makes you do, you're supposed to be paid for. Period. End of story. No matter what your license status is. Right. And then was throwing, I love how private practices throw this fucking line at you all the time. We want you to learn how to run your own private practice. We're here to teach you how to run your own private practice. Okay, then. All right. So this is someone who also, oh, what was I going to say? This is like really interesting because I think like it's, you have, I think being, knowing what your rights are and knowing whether or not to pursue them is completely different. I think everyone has a right to pursue it, but knowing that you have that freedom to make that choice is super important. That's big. If you need a good mm-hmm. contract lawyer in LA or California, <clears throat> let me know. I have to hook up some connections. But yeah, it, you do yeah. have rights. And I, I think that's what a lot of associates are afraid of. We're afraid to speak up. We're mm-hmm. afraid to do anything because we fear that you know, I don't know about y'all, but in grad school, I was always taught that networking is the biggest fucking thing in our field. And we always fear like, oh, if I'm that squeaky wheel, I'm basically throwing Molotovs at bridges and fucking myself over for when I set up a private practice or whatever may be down the line. But if you had a great question, Sam, of what do you do if your supervisor is shit? I mean, the first thing definitely is consult with a lawyer. Sometimes camp is going to provide you different fucking information and it sucks. Consult with like a contract lawyer or yeah. someone who has done this shit before. Again, I have connections. Um, no, that's <laughs> not a plug. But more so, <laughs> I want to make sure people are set up for success because I've been on the receiving end of shitty supervision. It wasn't until my last supervisor Ariel Landrum you're amazing she is the admin of the geek therapy page but it was born out of a situation like this where I'm like look I'm real close to my hours and that's also what I was afraid of I was like if I leave I have to start at a whole new agency and I think I had like 200 hours left I had just a small chunk not a lot at all I was seeing 30 clients a week Mm-hmm. One time, mm-hmm. one point I was working at an IOP school-based as well as doing private practice. I was seeing a fuck ton of people. Yikes. To the point where I was over the ratio. You're only supposed to see 40 clients or have 40 client contact hours a week. You cannot go over that. Even right. if you're at different you guys levels. have an upper limit? We, we do. do. In we terms do. of what can count. Oh, we do not. You can work the hours. Yeah. You can count it as client contact, but you cannot, or you can count it as non-client contact or case management, but you cannot count over 40 hours because they want to make sure that agencies, private practice are not exploiting us. Is that going to stop them? Fuck no. I had so many times I was working overtime, taking over shifts for other people when I was like, look, bro, like I can't mm-hmm. claim these hours. That's crazy. You're going to have the pressure from supervisors. And Sam, honestly, I didn't know we were supposed to be paid for supervision. So many times I was not paid for supervision at all. And that's if the supervisor fucking It's like a meeting. If they require it, you have to be paid for it. it. And the way that it was... Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's the way it was described to me. Is this something that is benefiting the company? The company doesn't give a shit about you. Like, I'm sorry, love. It does benefit the company because you need to have the supervision in order to be there. And they need you there to make them money. So therefore, it all works out. You were asking, you made a comment earlier, and I, I jotted this down. I think if you don't take the time to report your shitty supervisor, 
then you're dooming future associates right. to go through what you're going through too. Right? right. So I don't want to like guilt anybody into it, but also like, that's the thing you get to do. Like, how do I, what can I salvage from the shitty situation? Maybe I can prevent other people from being fucked by this asshole too. Mm-hmm. Right. It sucks though, because some of the things like a supervisor not showing up for supervision, that definitely is affordable. But some of the things like the shittiness of, you know, a supervisor retaliating against you, it's so hard to prove sometimes. And I think right. that's why a lot of people are afraid to speak up. But the other option is get the fuck out. I'm not yeah. saying get the fuck out of the field, but consult with your peers. I mean, us ladies on this podcast, we still consult with each other. I've been licensed right. for almost a year now. Oh my God, time flies. But I've been <laughs> licensed for almost a year now. I still consult on cases on things that are still my specialty but sometimes like i'll i'll trip over my thoughts and be like okay so what what was a good intervention again for this like i feel stuck y'all i mean we all have our day i just the last night i was like great part how do i say this in treatment plan language like like (laughs) i would show y'all all of my books and everything that i also consult but like half my house i feel I'm moving for context. Yay! Yay! Finally getting an office. But But consultation, I think, is the mark of a good therapist and a good supervisor and all of those things. Like my professors at my school, all of them were still in supervision. They paid for monthly or quarterly or something like that that they went and participated in in order to make sure that they are also at the top of their game and and have that Mm -hmm. opportunity. Like supervisors can support each other too. Like... Right. Puppy, I see a dog tail. That's my dog. <laughs> I, I originally thought it was a cat, but I found out it's a dog, and I'm even happier. Not that I'm biased <laughs> against cats, but you should be. I'm definitely <laughs> a dog lady. But That's for real, tight. I mean, so so what do you do? So you can consult with your colleagues of being like, hey, mm-hmm. like, um, is this is this right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, am, am I crazy? This is mm-hmm. shitty, right? Like, yeah, this is wrong. Like, yes, I remember yeah. Sam when you were going through all your stuff. You're like. Mm-hmm. I was on oh that God. every day. And all like, of us what were if... like, "Fuck them! Like, yes. get that bread!" <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Our, our panel Discord is like the most hype fucking. <laughs> but it was really helpful, you know, because I think for me, it's like I wouldn't have known what to do. Like I've left certain jobs, or I, it's kind of been. I've had similar experiences, not as bad as this. I think this is like probably the worst that's happened, but just kind of like where it's questionable. You know, um, I, I think the things in the past were that they were not providing us full supervision, you know what I mean? So not covering the the hours, but like signing for them or basically mm-hmm. saying they were going to sign for them, things like that, that I felt like were unethical. But then in this spot, I think you have the, the complexity, right, of the double layer. You have the complexity of like California or whatever your state law and labor mm-hmm. uh, wages and all of that your labor laws, and then you have all of the rules within the board of behavioral sciences mm-hmm. within your own state. And knowing each of those is really important. And I think like once, it was interesting because when I was kind of talking to my lawyer as and he started to file, put present, put together this case, right? He would be, ask, be asking me questions about like, the what is BBS? What are these forms? Or what are these things? You know what I mean? Because like, that's not something that he really needs to know for his job per se right um and you know kind of talking about that and and it's funny because like 
so I still have not been paid for the month of July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I laugh because they're just digging their own fucking grave. Oh my god. And so like, there's... You get money if they don't pay you. You get money. You get penalty oh fees, god. right? Up to wow. 30 days of penalty fees. But also they're going to look at everything from the entire time that I was there. And some of the things that were coming up in this job where they were saying, we're not going to pay you for these meetings. Another thing that they would say is we're trying to teach you how to run a private practice, but also if a client doesn't pay, we're not going to pay you for the hour that you worked. Sometimes things happen, cards decline, expiration dates, I, I whatever. Did that. Yeah. We didn't get paid if they client didn't pay. So that. That's illegal because you are a W two employee. If you're another W-2 topic, employee. if yep. you are, but you do ten ninety nine, so it's not illegal if you're ten ninety nine. But in yes. California, you cannot be ten ninety nine mm-hmm. as an associate. Right, right. A lot Florida, of you can fuck that shit and up again. This is someone who's in a position. I think, like, like I said, it's up to everyone's decision. Sometimes it makes sense for you to dip out and leave, right? For me, more of where I came from is like, I'm not this Sue happy person. I actually brought all of these things up to this person's attention. Hey, I I got clarification from camp. This is what we should be getting paid. Can we talk about this? And it was like- above and beyond. Thrown back in my face, like all of this stuff, you know? And then eventually, yeah. And eventually like, I am not working for this company anymore um but and ethically that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to hold each other accountable before we go to the board that's actually what the board says and you Mm -hmm. did you did exactly that you gave them ample chances right Mm -hmm. yes and so now it's gotten to this point where it's like the way that i see it it's not so much about the money because it's not a lot of money but it's about the principle and it's also someone No, there's, it's not pennies for me, but. <laughs> Must be nice, Sam. Jesus. I didn't get paid at all. Oh, like, it's what I'm owed is in the thousands range, you know? So whatever, but we're talking like over, a, a compilation of, yeah. So uh, of a multitude of things over the time that I've worked there. And, and I think for me, another part of it that was really important was that, this person also does work for a private practice as a teacher and takes on a multitude of interns. And this is someone who is teaching these things, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. I really, it. Does somebody have to like, in California, because I know here in Florida, they to be a qualified supervisor in order to supervise, you know, we call interns, you guys call associates, they have to be basically licensed as a qualified supervisor. They have to become, go take special training classes, whatever, and then register with the board, and then they can do that. Is it the same thing for somewhat, you guys? Somewhat. Like, they have to I mean, elect is, into it. This is something that I've been looking into mm-hmm. since I'm nearing my one year. You have to be licensed for two years. And you yeah. have to complete, I think it's like a eight, two or three years hour, here, 13 hour course on how to supervise. It's really not a lot of hours, sadly. 
And like Sam said, I've had supervisors who were like, oh, yeah, what am I supposed to do again? And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, this is yeah. a fucking job. But <laughs> you're, you're not stuck. So kind of piggybacking and circling back around to well, what the fuck do I do? I'm listening to this podcast and and I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I should yeah. not. get out while you can. And yeah. I, I as soon as it feels wrong, as soon as yes. it feels wrong, no matter where you are at in your journey towards licensure, if you have five hours left, 10 hours left, shit, if you've already submitted your hours and you're waiting on approval, which let's be real, takes fucking forever, you know, <laughs> it's okay to get out. And that's what I did. And I found the best supervisor. And like Christy, I still consult with her mm-hmm. to this day. She is amazing. She's badass doing all these panels at Comic-Con, WonderCon. It's, it's amazing. But you can get out. If you go on like MFT Guide or even more niche like the Geek Therapy pages, all you have to do is post on there in search of a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Or shit, reach out to me. Y'all know my email. <laughs> it's on the website. I have created a whole Excel spreadsheet of different supervisors I've spoken with. And I ask questions like, do you do your own work? Do you go to therapy? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just gonna say, interview styles? them. Interview You're interviewing them, them as for much. the love of God. Yeah. Yes. Best advice ever, and that's exactly what I did. And because you get what you're paying for, or not paying for, or not getting paid for. Yeah. But the supervision time is the time to learn and ask questions. That was one of the biggest takeaways I got. I had a supervisor where I was literally the only one speaking in group supervision. Mm. It was the most painful shit ever. Yes, the supervisor was terrifying. She gave me massive anxiety like the first year or so when I was working under her. She had a very militant-like style. And I've come to love it and be grateful for it because I learned she was holding me accountable. And she was preparing me for when I was licensed, I would know the answer and I would feel confident in knowing the answer. Because she would quiz us on the spot of, and that's what I love in a supervisor. One who would quiz us on the spot, okay, without looking at the BSM, what are the criteria for PTSD? Because someone would come in in supervision and be like, okay, I think they have PTSD. And she's like, okay, well, group, what's the criteria? And it was, I think my supervision was very different. I fucking hated it for the longest time. Yeah, I I could see. But, but I, I'm so thankful because yeah. when it came time to sit down for my license exam, for my law and ethics exam, for handling cases, now I don't have imposter syndrome because I had an amazing supervisor who knew what the fuck they were doing. Right. And a good supervisor will help you with that. A horrible supervisor will have you second guessing everything that you do. Right. In the worst ways. Mine didn't feel so educational in the moment, but like I can look back and be like, oh, we were definitely talking diagnosis there. We were definitely talking <laughs> yeah. treatment there. We were definitely talking intervention there, but it was not so like formal, like what you're describing. Like I wasn't mm. quizzed or any of that stuff. It was way more conversational. She was really good at kind of sneaking that shit in there. It was really oh, cool. Oh no, mine put you <laughs> on the fucking spot. Like, woo! <laughs> what, what I wanted again, actually probably. Probably. Yeah. I, that, her style, as much as people were intimidated by her mm. and as much as people were really anxious about it, I mean, she had a really bad rap at the agency. People were terrified to get her. But once I started understanding the why and we, we had conversations, she was, mm. she ended up being my biggest champion and she was the one who told me everything that was going on. 
behind my oh. back and right. she, she was the one who sat me down and was like hey like i know your work ethic i see it it's witness if you keep doing this you're gonna give yourself a heart attack you need to <laughs> that's nice that's like, fucking nice <laughs> oh no she was blunt and i i actually think that's where i got a lot of my my style from yeah as mm -hmm. a therapist because i'm like it gave you permission fuck yeah, it, yeah, it gave me permission. She gave me permission to be fully authentic. But, you know, shitty supervision, I've had the opposite end of it where I couldn't be me. And mm. I think that's kind of the hallmark. If you if it doesn't sit right with you, if you can't be authentically who you are, I mean, look at all three of us. You have mm -hmm. the literary therapist, you have geek therapist, you have anime, you know, all of these amazing styles that yeah. we bring to therapy, I have been to agencies that try to extinguish that flame. Yeah. All three of us are very vocal ladies. Right. I've seen agencies <laughs> that will punish people for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you I'm do? not popular everywhere. I'm, I'm not popular everywhere <laughs> either. I was, I was that student where my professors either loved me or hated me because I raised my hand in class. But don't be afraid to ask in supervision. That's yeah. what it's for. Hey, bad, ask questions and question everything. Yeah, a bad supervisor will make you feel fucking terrible for asking questions. It's what we're supposed to do. It's our job. It's literally our job. Mm -hmm. Every aspect of our job. To ask questions. Why would that and people just shouldn't be supervisors? And that's I oh, again I want to go back to that. Like even yeah, more reason more. to report them or to take action is right. because they just should not be supervising. Like I'm not saying maybe they don't need to be punished. But obviously, they missed their calling. They should just go back to being a regular fucking therapist. This is too much. Yeah. I can't wait till I have enough time under my belt so I can become a supervisor. I feel I like supervisor. my time. <laughs> yeah. I, would love I feel like my time teaching really has like set me up in that direction for that. And I really love that. So I'm just like counting down the time like you, you know, next year will be one year and it's two more years after that. So <laughs> one of the one of the questions that I have is so. I don't know how it is. It's more for addresses, like in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. I did not hear of this at my school. But when you were an intern, did you have to pay for supervision? As a student intern or as a registered intern? As a student. As a student? Yeah. No. Mm -mm. That was part no, of school. It was, it was part of the contract. I went to, yeah. I went to Pepperdine. Yeah. And it was part of our last three semesters. They were supposed to help us source an agency mine didn't at all i went to this like small like, oh, no, we did fair or whatever find it ourselves <laughs> and i had to find it they did not help me at all and i've had a lot of other um colleagues who had the same problems all across different schools right. trying to find sites but honestly if you're having a hard time go on mft guide like that's probably one of the best places that, for yeah for sites like that legit the reason I ask this is because said supervisor also has interns that are in school pay $75 a month. <gasps> what? That's probably not in line with their school contract. No. That's what I'm saying! <laughs> like, no, you're I'm allowed so to, you're as a student, get consultation or supervision if you want to, but it should not be a requirement yeah, if they're like, hiring you on. Like, are you fucking getting what? No. no. Like, people pay mm -mm. me to consult all the time because right. I specialize in. Sure. But even me as a licensed clinician, I'm like, oh, you're a student? Let me knock down that fee for you. Like, right. 
No, then you're I taking mean, them on like, as your student, like to do their school it, hours with they you. But they are working there. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you are, I am providing you free labor per my education yeah, yeah, and yeah. my class, right? And on top of that, $75 a month. This is why this person's oh, making money. No, 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 no. no. Really I know. Like, I, I see that know. the opposite end, like in private practice, I've had it happen to me where a supervisor would be like, you need to up your rates. We need to make more money. But yet yeah. we wouldn't get paid more money. Like, right. Are you offering like, my percentage? Like, what the no, fuck? not yeah. at all. And right. I've also had it where in the same agency, one supervisor would say one thing and I'd follow what they say. I'd get yelled at by the other supervisor because those two didn't fucking communicate. And they'd be like, oh, they'd never say that. I'm like, well, I, I don't know what the fuck to tell you because I did and I followed their instructions and now you're saying something different. And I've seen that happen in community mental health too or, or nonprofit agencies where all these supervisors cannot I just avoided those agreement. places. And you're just like, well, what do I do? And meanwhile, it blows the client my is mind. like, well, well, what are we doing? Mm. And you're just like, I got to bring it up to my supervisor. Let me get back to you, which is the shittiest thing to have to say, but it's even shittier to be like, so we're on week three and my supervisor still don't fucking know like because they don't know how to communicate. And I think that's also a huge indicator of so like, supervisor. Once the takeaway is don't work for an agency. Don't, <laughs> don't work. Don't, don't work. Fuck it. Just, like, yeah. If I, if I, Yikes. Yeah everybody under my wings like I would. but don't, don't yeah I also think though you know I, I think that my experience the reason why I was able to notice these flags is because I had great supervision in the past mm -hmm. I can't and this is why I personally want to say something is because I know that this person is in a position of power yeah. And it's taking people in when they don't have other experiences. So when I was mm -hmm. consulting with other coworkers, I'm not the only one that left that job, right? But when I was consulting with other people, they were like, we didn't know. I didn't know this. I didn't, you know. And it's because they're not looking into it. They're not trying mm -hmm. to figure out what their rights are. And I also think that sometimes, like, I think the biggest thing that, you know, someone was, like, saying to me, like, one of the things that they realized was, like, Actually, I realize that we have more power than they do. Absolutely. and I, Especially I, in your state. Yeah. Yes. Especially oh, in your yes. state. You guys are in like the most worker-friendly state. I'm in the least worker-friendly state. I'm the most fucked. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> that's, have... why, that's why you avoided it the way you did. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got bro. no protections like you guys do. Absolutely not. So absolutely. I 100% support. You should know your rights. No, especially you're right. if you're in California like these gals like you have so Absolutely. many more rights than the rest of us do and I, I I know it's a privilege if, if you can swing it get outside supervision yeah that way you've got at least something or to bounce consult. it off of that's probably more quality do the consultation yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be like every week the way your supervision is but maybe once no. a month or as needed yeah just touching base colleagues. with somebody else right like, yes. like for real talk with your colleagues a lot of agencies you know private practice nonprofit, will try to dissuade you from talking to mm. your colleagues about wages about what's going on with which is illegal you can't it's illegal that. anybody it's that does that it run red flag. Red, flag. red flag red flag like, <laughs> don't do that 
I'm like, honestly, I mean, I'm looking to open up a group practice. All of y'all will be able to know exactly. Right, red, red flags, like for sure. Okay, so we made this for the red flags episode, and my clients love them. So I even made a little green flag. So yay, I love it. Green flags. But for real, like when I had that supervisor who was taking out all of her fucking resentment out on me, I found out as I was leaving and after I left that the same supervisor basically, well, she was a a program director. Again, if the shoe fits, wear it, bitch. Um, But basically this program director would have people come in and revamp entire things. For me, I revamped the entire handbook for school counseling the entire handbook when initially it was supposed to be, Hey, can you look over this and let me know if the revisions are good? And I was like, okay, no problem to, can you rewrite the whole thing? And I found out she's done this to multiple people, multiple supervisors. I was like the eighth person to speak to your colleagues. So we'll wrap it up, but kind of what I want you to take away of, of this (laughs) podcast is shitty supervisors do exist we are not invaluable right so what can you do get support if it's not in your immediate agency because your immediate agency is a fucking dumpster fire talk to your (laughs) colleagues talk to other licensed clinicians shit y'all have my email reach out to me if you have no one else to talk to reach out to me i'll help you get connected that's what i do in my everyday life it's my job i help people find therapists if it can't be me because it's a dual relationship which good supervisors should also be avoiding. They shouldn't be your best friend grabbing drinks with you outside of supervision. No. We don't want to see you on spider pages. Don't be on spider pages. Don't fuck your clients. Don't fuck your associates, right? But it's okay to consult, even if you're licensed. If you're an associate, it's okay to get the fuck out. Even if you're already done with your hours and you're waiting to take your exam, it's okay. There are resources. There is it and you are far from alone so don't suffer if you don't have to know your rights mm-hmm. get help it's okay yeah okay. so speaking of getting help and things that we can talk about in session coming up our sex podcast so how do we explore sex and therapy do, do the clients bring it up? Do we talk about it? Is it as awkward as we think? We'll explore all of the all above. Of the above. <laughs> so, so stay tuned. We have a lot coming your way. But until then, thank you so much for joining us on the couch. Drink water, you dehydrated noodles. Go to therapy. It's okay. And get the fuck out of shitty supervision if you need to. Yeah. Have a good night. Good night. Yay.